not far-right Christian nationalist and Lex Luthor who really let himself go, Doug Mastriano. Mastriano got absolutely curb-stomped in his race against Democratic candidate Josh Shapiro, and yet he refuses to concede. Well, that, that's actually no surprise. Mastriano also hasn't yet conceded the Civil War. Losses in Pennsylvania were just one part of a disappointing night for the GOP. On average, uh, in midterm elections, the party, out of power, usually picks up 29 seats in the House. But this year, Republican gains could be as low as single digits. Which, yeah. Should be zero. <laughs> yes. The voters gave them a single digit. <laughs> These results is a crisp nut punch to Republican optimism leading up into this election. For instance, before all the ballots were counted, Don Jr. tweeted simply, bloodbath. <laughs> that did not age well. Reminds me of what General Custer tweeted right before Little Bighorn. This is going to be awesome. Ow, I just got shot in the head. It was just like two days after my birthday. So while the GOP did make modest gains, the massive victory they predicted never materialized. This morning's headline said it best. The vaunted red wave never hit the shore in midterm elections. That's not a red wave. And the red wave was more like a pink splash. <laughs> yes, a pink splash. It was a, it was a, um, it was a salmon drizzle, a, 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 a rosy wash. It's like what happens when you accidentally wash your clan robes with your MAGA hat. Just a little pink, a pink wash. Once again, once again. Once again, people are pointing the finger at the former president, including Elisa Farrah Griffin, who used to work for him in the White House. This is the time that the Republican Party needs to ask themselves, are they going to continue to nominate poor, can't, poor quality candidates to appease Donald Trump? If you want the Republican Party to thrive, we've got to just finally speak out and say, this man is a loser. Okay, that's not fair. He's also a fascist pervert. The Senate. 99, red lips balloons. The Senate is, uh, is it still up for grabs? Anything new? Still up for grabs. Uh, and it's going to remain that way for quite a while, uh, thanks to three key races. Arizona, where we still don't have a call on who won the Senate race between Democratic nominee and grown-up Caillou, Mark Kelly, and extremist Republican Blake Masters, seen here on karaoke night singing Deutschland über alles. The big difference, the big difference between these two is this. Kelly <laughs> is an astronaut, while Blake Masters is the same minus the astronaut. We're also... Gotta wait. Gotta wait it out. It's a stroker. That's a stroker. We're also waiting for the results from Nevada, where there's a tight race between Democratic incumbent and woman who will win the staring contest, <laughs> Catherine Cortez Masto, and Republican challenger and fully erect forehead, Adam Laxalt. 
We're not going to know the winner anytime soon because Nevada officials are still receiving mail-in ballots, which by state law can be counted if they arrive as late as Saturday. But everybody knows time passes quickly in Vegas. I mean, you go to kill 10 minutes at the blackjack table, next thing you know, it's two weeks later, and you're married to a French-Canadian contortionist from Cirque du Soleil. But the Senate race everyone's watching is the Georgia throwdown between Republican candidate and pretend sheriff of football town, Herschel Walker, and incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock, seen here, seen here being told he's tied with the pretend sheriff of football town, Herschel Walker. As of this morning, neither candidate had 50% of the vote, so by Georgia law, the race will go to a runoff. A lucky break for Herschel, because according to many women and children, he's got a lot of experience running off. we got a great show for you tonight. My guest is Rose MacGyver, and I'll give Bono the Colbert questionnaire. But when we come back, the cast of Black Panther, Wakanda, forever, will answer just one question. Stick around, though. Democrats fend off red wave in midterm elections, a daily show. I've got all the flavors wrapped in pretty paper. Going into last night's midterms, almost everyone was expecting a huge night for Republicans. A red wave that would wash away the Democrats in Congress and yank off Joe Biden's swim trucks so that could see his old man butt. But now the votes are in. And already, already, people are realizing that although there's still a lot left to count, it's clear that the red wave did not show up. This morning, control of Congress up in the air with both the House and Senate still hanging in the balance. Republicans acknowledging the expected red wave never materialized. With five races still to call, it's unclear who will control the Senate. Control of the House is leaning Republican, but only barely. Democrats overall are doing much better than expected. That predicted red wave only appears to be a splash. If you will, the red wave has no application yet to what we're seeing. This might feel more like the edge of a lake. This really looks much more like a red whisper, if that. And this wasn't even... Uh, uh, red wave. It's not even a red little ripple in a pond. I've heard it called, you know, the red sprinkler. I've heard it called the red splash, the red puddle, the red drizzle, the red spritz. Yeah, you, you know when you're peeing and then a little bit comes out after you're done? It's a red one of those. should probably go get that checked out, by the way. And, and, and like, some of these didn't even make sense. 
You know, like, I'm sorry, but what, what is a, a red whisper? What is, what is that, like ASMR for conservatives? Is that what it is? It's just like, now I'm cramping up the voting rights act. Oh, yeah. But yes, last night was not the red wave that many people expected it to be. And to be clear, to be clear, Republicans are still in good shape to take control of the House, and they may even take control of the Senate when it's all said and done. Now, it's too early, it's too early to tell, because, you know, America counts its votes as slowly as George R. R. Martin writes in the books, but it's definitely not the huge win that they were expecting. So it feels like a loss, which is really strange to me about politics, you know? The only place where you can technically win, but still lose because people thought you were going to win more. You know, basically Republicans got the hand job version of winning. You know? Yeah, like, it got the job done, but no one's really happy about it. You know? It was like, man, I could have done this to myself. Man. And again, lots of races are still undecided. Arizona and Nevada won't be done counting votes for a few more days. We won't know who won Alaska's races until the dog sled arrives. And the big Senate race in Georgia looks like it is headed to a runoff in December. Yeah, which is only going to screw up Herschel Walker's brain even more, right? Don't think about it more like, another election? Has it been six years already? Oh, man. That means I got 35 children now. What's happening? Oh, wow. One big race that was decided last night was in Pennsylvania, where John Fetterman defeated Dr. Oz. admit is exciting for the Capitol because nobody in the Senate looks like this guy. I mean, huh? You see him? He doesn't look like everyone. He's massive. He's got the bald head, the goatee, the hoodie, which is dope. Normally senators look like your dad's boss from work, you know? John Fetterman looks like he can physically raise the death ceiling. Rah! 37 trillion! Rah! And look, now one of the reasons so many people were surprised by last night's results is that for weeks, for weeks, pundits have been saying that there are only a few issues that really matter to Americans right now, like inflation, crime, and whatever the hell is going on with the Twitter check marks. And in particular, in particular, the experts are saying that voter concerns about abortion had faded since the summer. Well, I guess all those experts have been fired and will never be allowed back on television because it turns out they were just a little bit wrong. The issue of abortion turned out to be a massive factor yesterday with the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case to overturn Roe v. Wade playing a much bigger role than polls before the election suggested. In California, Michigan, and Vermont, voters chose to enshrine reproductive rights into their state's constitutions. The biggest surprise came in Republican-leading Kentucky where voters rejected an anti-abortion constitutional amendment. It was a huge night for abortion rights across the country. I mean, when Women voted in droves. Yes. So people said a few weeks ago that it didn't matter, that it was fading. It didn't. Turns out that wasn't right. Yes, it turns out abortion rights didn't fade away as a concern. And it's crazy that people ever thought it would. You know, like what women out there would be like, you know, it really bothered me over the summer when the state government wanted to take control of my reproductive system. But now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Maybe my buddy is their choice. I don't know. So it looks like abortion rights with a big win last night. And it looked like the big loser last night was none other than Donald Jump the Shark Trump. Because, because so far, it looks like many of the candidates he endorsed ended up being unendorsed by the voters. 
Here's what we know for sure this morning. It was a disappointing night for former President Trump. The biggest loser last night was Donald Trump. In state after state, candidates that he brought to the race, candidates that he endorsed, did not win or are losing right now. But perhaps the worst result for Trump is that his biggest Republican rival had the best night of anybody. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis might have moved closer to a possible 2024 presidential bid with a commanding victory over former Governor Charlie Crist. By the way, go fuck yourself, Florida. It was a bad night for Trump and a great night for his rival, Ron DeSantis. And Texas. And judging by this post on his knuckle foot, Trump is not taking it well. Yeah, he wrote, shouldn't it be said that I got 1.1 million more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year. 5.7 million to 4.6 million. Just asking. You see what you've done, Ron DeSantis? How you see what you've done? You made Trump so mad, he's doing math. Four point six. Yeah, four point seven. You're sounding like Shakespeare in that. Shouldn't it be said? And he's a fast. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's exciting about this. DeSantis' success, combined with Trump's failures, is already causing chaos in the Republican Party. Right? Because now, Republicans are asking themselves, oh, what do we do? Do we stick with Trump, who's screwed up two elections now, but still controls all of the hardcore Republicans, and is also completely toxic with everyone else? Or do we go with Ron DeSantis, who's clearly the upgrade of Trump? But then you risk losing Trump, and then he burns down the entire GOP. What do you do? And it's funny, it's so funny to watch, because all these conservatives, they don't know what to do. Right? They're just like, ah, do I go with Trump? Oh, 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 do I go with the census? Oh, if I had principles, I would follow them, but I just want to be on the winning side. Oh, which one do I go with? Oh. You know, right now, <laughs> right now, conservatives in America are like kids who can see a bad divorce coming, and they want to pick sides, but they're not sure which parent is going to keep the house. <laughs> but it's true. Oh, that was at home watching his top election deniers lose and crying into a box of classified documents. Oh. <laughs> Nuclear. <laughs> but because this is Donald Trump, he's not taking responsibility. In fact, it's being reported that he's blaming Melania for pushing him to endorse Dr. Oz in the first place, saying it was, quote, not her best decision. Yeah. And I'm sure Melania was like, yes, it's true. I'm very bad at picking men. <laughs> but not everything about the election was about Democrats or Republicans. So let's take a moment to appreciate all the historic moments from last night. We want to tell you about several historic firsts across the country. Now, Alabama, the Republican Katie Britt, the winner in the race for U.S. Senate. She is the first woman ever elected to the Senate in Alabama. In Maryland, Democrat Wes Moore will be the state's first black governor. And Massachusetts made history on two fronts. Democratic Attorney General Maura Healey will become the first female governor in the state's history. And she will also be the nation's first openly lesbian governor. Election history was also made in Florida. 25-year-old Democrat at Maxwell Frost is set to be the first member of Generation Z to win a seat in Congress. Wow. A 25-year-old congressman. 
That's going to be great to have a young person in Congress. And by young, I mean under 85. I mean, it will be tough, though. It will be tough that young around that many old people. All the time is going to be spent helping them with their phones. Hi, mommy. Hi, pretty mama. Hi, pretty mama. What? What? No. Hi, pretty baby girl. How are you doing, sweetheart? No, don't take that. There are not really hot singles in the area. It's a trick, Chuck. It's a trick. And there are a lot of other cool stars, too. The women first, LGBTQ first, immigrants first. Honestly, I would feel bad for anyone who won last night.
Oh, man. And I think all women it's Texas. agree it's always a good thing when your red wave is lighter than you expected. I just want to say, I get how Republicans are feeling. And sometimes you expect your red wave to arrive, and it doesn't. And then you start to panic. You consider your options, which are suddenly very limited. Yeah, plus... Plus, with this runoff in Georgia, you might not know if your red wave is coming for another few weeks, and by then it might be too late. And the next thing you know, Herschel Walker sending you a get well card with a check-in. <laughs> To all of those Republicans who are feeling this way, don't stress. Trust me. I've got a great veterinarian in Kentucky you can call. Not not. Although, Barely keep the status quo.
Kano to lead House Democratic Caucus. That's awesome. Contreras, assistant leader. didn't vote, let's see, Round Rock, them who voted and who didn't in Texas 22, um, registered but did not vote, other, 
Hey, fucker. Stop that. What are you doing, Super Whitey? What does that say? Right. <coughs> Let's see here. I think Jordan Clipper's not funny. 
Spanish with real Spanish TV. Replace him with me. Way more funny than he is. Nada, nada. Click on words in the... I'm entering a war zone. I'm going to embed in a country with over 300 million guns. A country where in 2014, 33,000 people died due to gun violence. A country whose citizens are 25 times more likely to be murdered by a gun than any other civilized nation. Welcome to... America. You overshot it. Back up, back, 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 back. Good. The country I'm talking about is America. Good? Go, we don't have a permit. Shit. Guns are as American as apple pie and short-changing female workers. We buy them in bulk, tattoo them over our abdomens, and use them to kill more people than any other developed country. All-out panic Sunday morning after a gunman opened fire. It was a pretty nasty fight that preceded the deadly shooting. Besides, that gun ranges are rare in our area, but it has happened before. And America is only getting gunnier after electing the most pro-Second Amendment and least First Amendment president in recent memory. The NRA has led the fight time and time again to protect our fundamental freedoms. Leading the charge, the National Rifle Association, by supporting Trump's campaign with $30 million, the bigliest amount spent by any outside group. And they don't mind bragging about it in one of their classic green screen rants. Gun owner made this election happen. You were the special forces that swung this election and sent Donald Trump and Mike Pence to the White House. With the 2016 campaign behind them, the NRA has set its sights on a homegrown enemy. The anti-Second Amendment. Political and media elite. The government elite. Bureaucratic elite. But who are these mysterious elites who want nothing less than to rip guns away from hard-working Americans? Me. Who am I? I'm Jordan Klepper. I'm enlightened, I'm progressive, and I feel like I was put on this earth to enact righteous change. AKA, I'm a 2017 comedian. I have four brown rice cookers, 12 gay friends, and five podcasts. I tweet blogs, mean think pieces, and tumble gifts. Powerful, thought-provoking gifts. Follow me on Instagram. As a television personality, I've repeatedly reported on America's obsession with guns. Despite my incredible efforts, guns are still a problem. Apparently, five-minute segments aren't enough to solve America's gun crisis. Thankfully, Comedy Central has given me an hour-long special, but today, I don't just report on America's gun crisis, I solve the motherfucker.
somebody solves guns, i.e. stop the 33,000 gun deaths that happen in America every year. But first, I need to define the problem. Guns. What is a gun? If you ask an NRA lobbyist, he might say... The gun is a symbol in American politics. As much as it's a real thing, it's also a symbol. Yeah, the gun is a symbol of a, a dick. If you got a little one, you go and get a gun. It's like the Corvette for paranoid people. <laughs> so how does that symbol impact a mother from the south side of Chicago? I'm seeing gun violence in homes. I'm seeing gun violence in schools. It's not a suburban problem or a city problem. It's an American problem. Not one more. Not one America more. is clearly divided. The most violent places in this country have the strictest gun control. But the pain of gun violence is being felt across the country. In 2016, my hometown of Kalamazoo, Michigan, once known mainly for its booming celery industry, microbreweries, and the country's first outdoor pedestrian mall, came to prominence for something much more horrific. A prosecutor says Uber driver Jason Bryan Dalton gunned down and killed six people Saturday in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We are a community that is much more than this episode of, of violence. My family is from Kalamazoo. It's where I learned to wear a tie and shorts. This just got personal. Our country has 300 million guns, or, technically speaking, a shitload of guns, in the hands of 110 million gun owners. My goal, get those guns out of those trigger-happy hands. I needed someone in power who shared my outrage when hearing that 92 people die every day from gun violence. There's enough blood, there's enough death, enough killing going on. We have all the evidence we need that we need to do more. Doing nothing is unacceptable. That was my guy. Senator Cory Booker has fought to keep guns off the streets of Newark and battled Congress to pass common sense gun reform. We figure out how to get rid of guns over international pancakes. Let's say this place is America. Something on this place will kill you. Bacon, slice gun.
efforts to pass any meaningful regulations continue to get shot down by Republicans and the gun lobby, insisting these liberal elites are coming for your guns. The passage test, but not only are we going to not pass background check laws or hold the tariff details, but we're also going to take those agencies that could be helping us, the CDC, ATF, and we're going to cripple them. One agency that's being crippled is the ATF's National Tracing Center. Police nationwide use the Tracing Center to track firearms, solve violent crimes, and catch criminals before these weapons can be used again. I met with former ATF agent David Chipman to see the front line of America's war on gun crime. Why are we here? Well, we're here because we're in a location that's vastly superior technology-wise than ATF's Tracing Center. This is the forefront of our battle against guns. This place with a guy masturbating over there at that computer. The technology at the tracing center is like this library 30 or 40 years ago. So like the library in the first Ghostbusters. Please tell me the tracing center at least now has women in it. There are women at the tracing center. The reality is because they don't have computers, because they have just... They what? They don't have computers? It's against the law to have computers that house a searchable database that might be construed as a registry of guns in America. That's right. The country's only federal facility that helps police officers trace and solve gun crimes is literally forbidden to use computers to search gun records. Thanks to the lobbying power of the NRA, a 1986 federal law made it illegal for the tracing center to use searchable databases of any kind in what legal scholars have called one of the most just plain dickish laws in history. So instead of solving murders using basic computing tools, the tracing center's roughly 50 employees process over 370,000 requests a year, scrambling through walls of boxes and going blind scanning microfiche machines from the 70s in 2017. Oh yeah, they also have so many boxes they fear their floor could cave in. They keep records in steel storage spaces outside and they receive about 2 million new gun records a month. And you better hope they aren't in an Excel spreadsheet. So if ATF receives any information from a gun dealer in an Excel spreadsheet, which is searchable, they have to go through a complicated process of dumbing that information down. You guys actually have to make it harder for yourselves. Yes. A law enforcement agency needs to spend tax dollars making a document dumber. Why do Americans make it so hard on ourselves to fix this gun problem? The NRA raises a lot of money based on fear. They can make people scared that the big bad government agents like me playing in gun records, then the government would take the gun. Here's as I dramatically portrayed moving through this children's library with an ease and grace unknown to ATF agents, it became all too clear. Because of the gun lobby in America today, it's easier to find gun the book than gun the gun. And that's that. Right? And that's irony. And that's coincidence. Metaphor? Problem is, is when it comes to getting legislation passed, there's a lot of people out there that are just pressured by the NRA not to take a step out and do what most Americans want them to do. What can we do? A guy like a regular guy, a celebrity on TV with millions of followers, what can a little me do? Go for it.
and seek the truth and then tell people about it. Maybe if we get the tracing center some computers, that's at least a step in the right direction. It is a not a step. That would be a leap into the 21st century that's necessary. I love me a good leap. cargo van packed full of progress, I made my way into West Virginia, hoping to solve something. I can see you, but I have no idea what you're going to do here. Dropping off some computers here for the tracing center just to try to upgrade some of their technology. Can I just leave it here for somebody? It's some good stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to help. <laughs> so we're not going to ban guns. And apparently when it comes to using technology to help deal with gun crime, the bureaucracy was thicker than I thought. The government was beholden to the NRA, and the NRA's power stemmed from one off-debated sentence written at a time when guns were muskets and lightning was witchcraft. Amendment. For over 200 years, it's been consistently upheld by elected officials, and in 2008, the Supreme Court narrowly ruled that it still granted all citizens the right to have guns. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not Live streaming can be tricky, and sometimes trying to find the right software to make Katie Porter shall not be infringed. 27 words and come a placement so strange it may be responsible for thousands of deaths a year. Militias may have been in vogue in 1791, but are they actually relevant today? The Southern Poverty Law Center, which tracks extremist groups, estimates there were 276 active militias last year, up from 42 in 2008. Okay, so militias are booming, and they're clearly among the biggest proponents of the Second Amendment. Trump's I found one of those militias in the deep red south, the Georgia Security Force. We the people are bloodthirsty. 
We the people will have no mercy. We are the predators. You the prey. Where the government failed, I would triumph. I would infiltrate the dark heart of the gun debate and convince militias to give up their guns. If I could do that, then the rest of the gun owners would surely follow. And once and for all, guns would be solved. Stupid idea. Georgia State Militia is led by Chris Hill, or as he prefers to be called, General Blood Agent? Yes, sir. What would it take for me to convince you that you don't need a gun anymore? Uh, you probably have to check my pulse. So the only way I'm going to get your gun is to pry it out of your cold, dead hand? Absolutely. Duh. Or after I run out of ammo. Okay, yeah. <coughs> whatever. Boring. Trump stopped quitting on him. So folks, something big is happening right now. Finally, there is a mass exodus from old Donnie's world as he has been branded yet again with the stink of being a massive historic loser and all of his staff, both current and prospective, are ditching him in droves because they don't want to be near him as he goes down with political and legal failure and they don't want to be associated with this mess of a movement. And so what you're seeing is everybody in the conservative world, former staffers, current staffers, influential media, conservative analysts, they are all increasingly uniting around the idea that Donald Trump, one, isn't the face of the GOP anymore, at least not exclusively, that two, he needs to go away, and that three, no one wants to work with him. And we'll get to some details about people quitting their prospective campaigns, quitting Donald Trump's movement, refusing to work with him, all because when Donald Trump blows up and goes into absolute rage mode and destroys himself in his own life, they don't want to be hit with the shrapnel. Let's start again with one of Trump's top staffers. We covered her yesterday, but she was back this morning to double down. Because there's just a lot of battle. Trump, DeSantis, you know, etc. There are 72 million people in this country that make up a movement. It is a conservative movement. It's not tied to any one person as much as the current president would like to demonize and say these raging MAGA Republicans, the they're smart. Oh. These 72 million people who had met across the country in 2016, they decided my, our home is in President Trump and they elected him with more votes than any nominee in the history of our party. That should not be discredited. This time around, these 72 million people, they will decide where their home is. Only they will decide. No pundit will say it's Trump, it's DeSantis. They're smart, they're wise, they're going to read the tea leaves, and I have all the trust in the world. They're going to pick where their home is. Then why did the former president come up with the name De Sanctimonious a couple days well, before? That is, that is a distraction, and, and oh, that's, no, that's for Nick. That, he is forcing people to galvanize themselves yep. into a different camp. Sure, he is doing that. One of the people in this Kennedy, where it's, okay. I, it's easy to that's take out your frustration, but we're all here in agreement. We've got to get back to Reagan's 11th commandment. That includes the former president and anyone on the stage. We're talking about things that we... That's McEnany, and again, she did this. I covered it, Brian Tyler Cohen, a lot of people covered it, but she 
she's back again. And you know what she's doing there is, is tearing apart this narrative that Trump and a lot and of his cronies, including Nitty. people at Fox, have sometimes pushed, which is that the GOP is now the Trump party, that they are intertwined. Donald Trump it was is. not simply the leader of a political party, but rather he was the party. Like he was the party and the party was him. That's what everyone was saying a couple weeks ago. Now they're saying, well, it's a big, diverse, complex movement, and he is part of it, but so is Ron DeSantis. And when she says that, that's a big blow. That's quitting on Trump. Well, for a former top staffer, his former spokeswoman, essentially, to say that is devastating. And it gets even worse because the woman sitting Hopefully. across from her went even further. A great points made here. There's no question. But some of the trump back candidates really struggle. Five-second ice hack can melt tons of body fat almost overnight. It instantly turbocharges your metabolism by 450... ...struggled, and some of it had to do with the election denialism. I wrote an open letter to Donald Trump this morning on my Substack that... Sorry, Kaylee, it says, please, Mr. President, don't run again. I, I you don't have to strong. apologize to me, to be clear. I haven't declared I'm voting for any one person. I'm just in respect to your service to the country. Uh, that's all the only reason I say it. So, but aside from that, the day after the election, all of these people are ripping into him, guys. These are people sitting on a stage at Fox. They're sitting there. Some of Trump's staff sitting there saying he shouldn't run again. That's what they're saying. At least some of them are. Like, it's insane that that's happening. Like, it's wild that that's happening. It is a real sign of how weak he is. They're not just ignoring him. Remember the strategy was to sort of ignore him and sort of hide him away because they didn't want to get sued with his big lie claims that, were, that, that they've already been sued for and they didn't want to get sued even more. But now they're just outright trashing him. And here's why. A great conservative anal uh, analyst just really laid it out about why all of these people are quitting Donald Trump and why current staff and people who have signed on or potentially signed on for 2024 are ripping up their contracts because right now they don't want to be associated. I want to, I want to bring in a prominent conservative attorney, former Republican, George Conway. And, and George... We've seen in the wake of this a huge, well, you're smiling. I can see the, 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 the schadenfreude is beaming through the remote, the remote location. But we, we have seen um, a huge amount of A, conservative angst, B, pivoting towards DeSantis, particularly from the Murdoch empire, which seems to have like gotten a uniform memo about this. And C, just the recognition that Donald Trump is, you pay a price electorally for Donald Trump. Is that going to sink in, do you think? Because Trump will burn down the party right. um, before he goes away, and he'll burn down whoever is standing next to him on the podium in the debate stage, no matter what. And in order to beat Donald Trump, you have to go after him hammer and tongue. You can't be nice about it. You have to be mean about it. You have to run ads that trigger him the way the Lincoln Project ran ads that triggered him a few years ago, um, two years ago. And you can't, you know, you, you, no matter what happens, you're going to end up with 20, 30 percent of the Republican base hating your guts, even if you do manage to beat Trump. But I want to make a point about the, what you were just talking about. I think the Democrats were a little complicit in the red wave propaganda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and, and for three reasons. One is they have genuine fear. Yeah. Because of what happened in 2016. Secondly, they wanted a motive to scare their voters into showing up. Right. And, and third, they wanted to lower expectations. And they, I, 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 I think the Democrats actually played this pretty smart. Well, I would, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I would.
would not underestimate uh, the, the 2016 PTSD as the driving factor in that. Just, yeah. you know, I, I know a few Democrats have been around them a little bit. Um, and I, I think they're too. Yeah, they, they tend towards the neurotic anyway, but I think that the, the PTSD of 2016 uh, really, really, really yourself. exacerbated that. I guess your, your point about burning down the party to me, this is this is the fundamental point. They have always, I think, thought that Donald Trump was more politically potent than he actually is. But the actual leverage he has is he doesn't care about right. the Republican Party or the conservative movement, and he will happily destroy it if it suits him. And they all know that, and he knows they know that. And that's the, that's the dynamite strapped to him that no one's been able to diffuse. That's right. He, he's like a political suicide bomber. I mean, that's the way he has always conducted business with the And look at what he, what he said the other day about yeah. what happens if he's elected president and Mitch McConnell is majority leader. He said, huh, I'm not going to sign anything until he's gone. I mean, he doesn't care. He'll take the country down first. It's all about him. That's just the way he operates. And that's why, you know, the question is, you, you, if you get, do you want to be within, he's going to blow himself up. Um, and the question is, do you want to be within the blast radius? And so you think what you're saying is that you think DeSantis, because the problem for DeSantis, right, is if, if you don't move at the right moment, 